Hear about music. It's deeper than the verse, baby. It's deeper than the verse. Running 50 miles and running. Running. Keep it from the wedding, you know that I'm gunning. Running. Laugh about the dope, but really ain't nothing funny. Getting rich in a rush, yeah, you know I don't get a Real definition of success. Yeah. Low money, cause I can and I love it. From nothing to something. You know I swear to you, you suspect. You know the boys on the block trying to take us in. Cause we bring it all of that paper in. From nothing to something. You know I swear to you, you suspect. 17, turn a man up. Sweet the fan, boy, I put that on your skin goods. All I got was diabetes in a damn hug. People talking down, calling me a damn scrub. Young niggas, all you wanna do is roam free. On your own feet, gotta cook your own beef. I'm too cool for lame dudes to ridicule. I laugh while I'm doing laps in the swimming pool. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod. Rod is from Twitter and my wife is here also. Say what's up to everybody. What's up everybody? Say it again. Oh, what's up everybody? <laughs> and we also have our first guest ever on the podcast. Woohoo! And that's my MC friend here, MC Primo from the Charlotte Market. Some of y'all might not have heard of him. Others might have heard of him. Say what's up to everybody, Primo. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for, thanks for having me on here. Hey, man, no problem, dude. Anytime we can have an artist that's blowing up in the local market and hopefully, you know, about to put it on for the city all over the globe, you know, we're always excited, man. I'm just surprised that we're the first podcast. You see, you probably never heard of a podcast to the day, huh? Uh, well, I don't know, man. I won't go that far, but, uh, you know, just trying to do what I can, man. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you, man. Um, for those that don't know, I mean, Primo's going to sit in here the whole time with us. We're going to cover some stories. Or, uh, let's just go ahead and get the interview part out the way. Let's talk a little bit about your uh, mixtape that came out this summer uh, or last summer. Yeah. Uh, it was all over the Charlotte streets. Uh, mixtape Volume 1. The mixtape. Um, now, when you when you came out with that, what was your thought process? You know, was were you looking at guys like Drake and just taking the game from them, or, or were you just trying to be yourself? What, what were you doing? Well, I was really just trying to be myself. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel you on that. Um, like what? What exactly? Like, like one of my favorite songs that you did is a song called Weed Song. Now, it's about, you know, smoking weed and whatnot. I don't smoke. But when I hear that song, it's like, it's almost like I smoke weed, too. It's so, because it's so potent. Like, it's so dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, what, what exactly, when you, like, how do you get in that mind state to write those kind of metaphors and similes, put it on wax? Um, appreciate it, man. I mean, normally, I mean, I just, you know, roll up. You know, smoke a little, smoke some weed, you know what I'm saying? But, um... <clears throat> yeah, okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, now, when you came out with I Sell Drugs, which, you know what I'm saying? A lot of rappers come out these days, like I Sell Drugs, you know, everybody, Cameron, 
uh, Rick Ross, I mean, Officer Ricky, if you know what I'm saying. Like, all these dudes, like, the, like the front and stuff. But when I hear you, I'm like, he really, I can feel like I'm on the corner. Like, I sold the drugs with him. How do you, like, get inside the mind of a drug dealer? Do you watch, like, Scarface and, uh, you know, Casino and, like, or do you just, like, go out on the streets? I mean, like, what, how you get in that mode to really bring that across? I mean, normally I, you know, I, you know, smoke some weed, mm. you know what I'm saying, and probably, you know, I'll ride through the hood, Okay. you know, I, I might get out, you know, talk to a couple, you know, a couple local hustlers, you know, you know what I'm saying, so, okay. really, you know, just talking to them, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, let me, let me get in the right mind state, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 I definitely, um, I know what you're saying. I mean, like, I I don't know when you get out of the car and I ride through the hood. I mean, I know to keep the windows up. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we stopped at, like, Taco Bell or something. And we just keep it moving. Um, well, you know what I'm saying? I'm like I'm like a product of my environment, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. A lot of, yeah, a lot of rappers say that, man. Uh, what, so what is that? What kind of environment did you come from, exactly? Mostly, man, it was like, you know, like, uh... See, you know, it's me and my mama, man. Oh, okay. You know, and so... So you didn't have a father or he wasn't around or... Well, I was going to get to that, you know oh, what I'm okay. saying, but, you know what I'm saying, you didn't really let me get to that. My bad, dog. Go ahead, man. I ain't going to step on you. You know what I'm saying? So, I, basically, man, I didn't really have... I mean, you know, I didn't really, uh... You know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I know what you're saying, man, uh... Uh, I mean, I really. I mean, when you come from where I came from, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the streets. I mean, I come from everywhere, you know. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, you know, everybody say it ain't from. It's it's where you at. But I'm like, you know, does it really matter? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's deep. I know what you're saying, man. So I'm just from everywhere. So when you came out with uh, your other your EP for I don't know if you're gonna turn this into your first album or whatever it's like six songs on uh, your EP called Sex with Women. Now were you talking saying like sex with women like it don't matter what kind of woman like Tiger Woods or are you just saying like I have a lot of sex with women because I'm a rapper or like how do you really I mean I don't have a lot of sex with women like I just you know like one woman maybe but not with a lot of women like. What were you trying to, like, convey to the youth with that? Well, I, it wasn't really a youth record. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was more like people who, you know, would more or less go out, you know what I'm saying, and, uh, you know, be having sex with women. Mm, okay. So, I, I mean, like, before I did it, you know, I went, you know what I'm saying, I got, you know, got some condoms and I... Yeah. Had some sex with some women, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So you was really so, living yeah. that life. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I feel you on that, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, cool, man. Well, shit, man. Uh, well, I mean, now your website is mcprimo.com. Um, so, mm-hmm. and I guess MySpace slash mcprimo that everybody can get on your get your music there and whatnot. You are, you into sticking around for us to do some do some stories and do the podcast with us? Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be more than honored. Absolutely. All right, cool, man. Let's go ahead and get in here, man. Uh, Tony Kornheiser, P. 
apparently uh, put his foot in his mouth the other day. He, um, he was talking about uh, Hannah Storm, who's another ESPN analyst, and uh, her outfit that she wore on SportsCenter. Um, I'll read some of the article. Co-host of ESPN's Pardon the Inspiration, Tony Kornheiser, apparently committed an unpardonable sin. Interruption. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, unpardonable sin. So that journalist was all over that joke. Um, well, he criticized the way Hannah Storm dressed recently. Consequently, the worldwide leader in fashion sense and proper sensibilities, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Elliot Harris from Sports Columnist, you kill me, um, suspended Kornheiser on Tuesday for two weeks. Um, Kornheiser said Storm dressed like she had sausage casing wrapped around her body and called the 47-year-old a Holden Caulfield fantasy with a reference to the main character in J.D. Solomon's The Catcher in the Rye, which I did not read. Me so. either. Yeah, I don't remember that fucking novel. <laughs> I didn't read it either. Yeah. Oh, you, okay. Yeah, that's cool, man. Um, so, um, basically, dude was just shitting on the way she dressed. And the way I see it, man, you can't really do that at your job anyway if you have a normal job. I mean, I don't know what it's like being a rapper, but... Well, I can't go to work tomorrow and just be like, did you see what she had on? And tell everybody in the building that she was dressed like she, she was wrapped in sausage. I mean, well, I mean, in that uh, kind of like what what he what they get paid for, you know, mm. to uh, you know, like make these uh, crazy these crazy statements. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I mean, can you really get mad at him for saying something crazy? ESPN can. I mean, I don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't, well, not not you. I don't cut the check, but I mean, I'm just saying. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. It's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like when Rush Limbaugh was on NFL and he said that crazy shit about Donovan McNabb, and everybody was like, um, everybody was like, yo, why do y'all have Rush Limbaugh on there in the first place? That's kind of the same thing with Tony Kornheiser, I guess. Um, Kornheiser opened his ESPN radio show Friday the day afterwards, by briefly addressing the suspension, saying that he made intemperate remarks and stupid remarks about Hannah Storm, and as a result of this, I have been sent to the sidelines of PTI for a while. I've said a thousand times while doing radio in my life the following sentence, if you put a live microphone in front of somebody, eventually that person will say something wrong. This was one of the times I said something wrong. So he admitted that he fucked up. And then, uh, Hannah Storm, this is what his comments were. Hannah Storm is horrifying. Horrifying outfit today. Cornhouse said on PTI. She's got on red go-go boots and a Catholic school plaid skirt. Way too short for somebody in her 40s or maybe early 50s by now. She's got got on her typically very, very tight shirt. She looks like she has a sausage casing wrapped around her upper body. I know she's very good and I'm not supposed to be critical of ESPN people, so I won't won't but Hannah Storm come on now stop what are you doing first of all I hate when people do this shit but they're like yeah I, I shouldn't be critical of this person motherfucker you just were critical you just talked about what she had on her age go-go boots and all this shit and then you go turn around and be like yeah man I, I mean I, I ain't saying nothing I'm just saying you know, no disrespect but yeah that old bitch like, he, he fucked up man and he knew he fucked up because he even said I'm in the comments I'm not supposed to be critical of ESPN personnel so I, on his job kind of make me want to you know 
was she really mad? You know what I'm saying? I think she was. Like, as a woman, would you, how would you feel about that, Karen, if somebody talked about you like that at work? I would be upset. Um, and that's probably what it was. I think it was more like if it had been off uh, the mic, it, we probably, it probably would never got reported. But because it was on the mic, and you basically call another one of your coworkers out, even though other people might have even been thinking it, sometimes it's best to keep yeah. your mouth shut. This, to me, is the difference between, you know, me and... Uh, MC Primo, we work together. Say we work together at the same office. It's a difference between me coming to him in the break room and being like, "And did you see what so and so had on? She looked like a hoe." And me sending it out on a company wide email. And that's true now. Like there's some things that dudes talk about, and all the time, but you just can't talk about that kind of shit to to the public. Yeah. Like he put it out there for public consumption. It fucked him up, man. Like. I don't have any sympathy. It's only two weeks. He'll be all right. Like, he ain't gonna miss, he ain't gonna miss no meals off of this shit. No, he's not. He fucked up a little bit. I so. a mini vacation. That ain't like he lost his job or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a lot of cats out there in this economy, they're losing their jobs. You know what I'm saying? Say that again. Homeboy is straight. Um, so, at the wine, remember I told that story about the YCA last week? I don't know if you heard the podcast last week, but I'll sum it up real quick. There was a altercation with one of the people that get paid to monitor the gym at the YMCA and these chicks that uh, come in there and one of them gets all hugged up with this little boy and he said, hey, cut it out. They they got mad, talked a little shit on the way out. He ends up shoving the kid, kind of. And the kid's parents come up and try to, like, get ready to press charges. But at the end of the day, everybody shook hands, walked away, everything was fine. I told that story kind of like that to protect the names, right? motherfucker on my Facebook page hits me up with a message like, yo man you was talking bad about so and so like put the dude's name out there like, do you listen to this podcast you just skimming through it I'm talking about you Jason B everybody go to my Facebook page <laughs> click on my comments y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, send them a message how do you like it? anyway <laughs> moving on um <laughs> <laughs> At the, uh, at the YMCA also, man, I ran into this dude that I used to work with, man, and now he coaches these kids, and, you know, he's having a hard time finding a job and stuff, but he's a good dude. But, man, it made me think how, well, you you ever played in any rec leagues, MC Primo? Oh, yeah. All right, Karen, I guess you probably never played rec sports. But it's funny how serious it becomes for you, because, like, he's talking about this kids league, and since I'm not involved, I keep thinking about it from a very wide view. Like, I'm sitting up there like... Oh yeah, you know the kids are having fun. They're learning the rules of basketball. They're just just out there to have a good time. They probably don't even give a fuck about winning and losing. No, they they don't, don't know anything, no. right? Well, um, this dude was literally like, "Yo, man, I think it's a conspiracy against me because I'm the only black coach out here." What? <laughs> yeah. Coaching six year olds? Are you serious? <laughs> like it was a, it was a conspiracy. Fail and you talking about a conspiracy? Oh, you gotta be kidding me! It was like it's a conspiracy <laughs> to keep me from winning the league. And I had, to, I, had I had a heart to tell him like, man, that's that's bullshit. I just had to sit up there and be like, yeah, man, you know, if you like that, sometime for us. And, and he was one of those dudes that always be like, you know what I'm saying, brother? You know what I'm saying? What the, what the Did he put his fist in the air too? Yeah. Like, you know, like the dude that pulled you to the side when the white people were around. So all the white people started looking at you like, what are those niggas talking about? But he pulls you to the side. He's like, you know what I'm saying, brother? It ain't too many of us in the league. Like, he used to do that shit at work too, pull you to the side in the elevator or whatever. Oh, no. 
drop some knowledge on you. But um, it was just cool catching up with him. But yeah, man, that it was funny how he really believed that the YMCA was out to stop his team no. from winning and like give him texts and shit because he was the only black coach. I don't think so. I hope not, man. Because if so, then the racism goes. A Wait, lot further than I thought. What? I thought white people was no mad at Obama. <laughs> I thought Obama had a tough time. They they Ooh. fucking with the coaches indirectly you now. We got issues. They do that job for free. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, also, um, man, you follow uh, college football and all. Uh, you're a Florida fan, right? Pretty oh yeah, much. big time. All right. Okay, you know a little bit about my college game. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think about this new? Uh, story out about Tim Tebow where he's trying to get get a job as an NFL quarterback and everyone keeps talking about how Urban Meyer, his coach from Florida should have prepared him better for the NFL and changed his throwing motion and things like that. What do y'all think about that? Uh, well, you know what I'm saying, being a, being a Florida fan I feel like if it ain't broke, you know don't, don't fix it. I mean, he, you know, they won two championships um, and that's not necessarily uh, Urban Meyer's job right his job is to win the race exactly Um, once you get to the NFL you know you know what I'm saying it's really on you you depending on you know where where you're going to end up you know how you're going not necessarily where you're going to end up but like once you get there you know you know how you're going to make yourself into a better player and um you know, I think Tebow is is making you know the changes that he needs to make to uh, uh, be be a good quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Harry? My thing is this: um, the players don't get paid. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, it's his job to win rings, and. I think Tebow's whose pers- job? Tebow or no, the coach's job oh, to win rings. Okay. And the school pays him to win rings. And if the, I'm like right, I mean, primo, primo. If the, I'm sorry, I'm like primo. I'm gonna put your government I'm out there. Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm gonna put your government <laughs> in the street. My uh, yeah, I heard you got some warrants on you. Yeah, yeah I was about to put your real name. I, I'm Come sorry. Pace. Yeah. Um, I feel like him, as far as I'm concerned. When it comes to college football, it's the player's job to improve his game. Mm-hmm. And so he should have improved his game over time. And now he's been forced to. And to me, when he goes to the pros, they're going to show him the right way to do it anyway. So I, in the long run, I don't think it's going to make a difference. All right, this is how I feel. I, I agree with both of y'all, basically. But the one stipulation I will add is it's kind of fucked up how people are like, your education as a student is up to you. Every like everything about college football that doesn't have to do with on the field is up to you. I mean, even with these weird ass practice rules they got, where you kind of can practice for ten hours a day, you kind of can't, depending on who's there. All that shit. You're pretty much a professional athlete playing with for a scholarship, and you don't have enough time to fucking study anyway. But if you're gonna put all this like outrage and all this hit, call it basically this hypocritical media basically accusing Urban Meyer of not doing a good enough job to get Tim Tebow ready for the NFL, if you're gonna make that point, then why can't you make that point about dudes that have to that drop out or dudes that don't get their degree? Like, you're not gonna make that point when 
Cory Booker or some shit just says, I'm enough of Florida, I'm not going to graduate. I'm just dropping out. I'm not going to the NFL. I'm not going to get my degree. No one's going to say, well, that's Urban Meyer's fault. Everybody just goes, that dude didn't get his degree. He fucked up. He didn't take advantage of his education. So kind of with this, when you don't take advantage of all the things you have at Florida, Tim Tebow never really took an offseason and said, I'm going to make my delivery different. He wasn't thinking about the pros. So you can't get mad at Urban Meyer for not being concerned about what Tim Tebow is going to do when he graduates. Well, He's not doing that for anyone. It wasn't really a big deal until, you know, after he graduated and he went to the combine. Right. So, I mean, you know, as long as as long as they was winning games, I mean, does it, does it really matter how he's throwing the ball? No, because we win no, games. Exactly. You know, we're it's on a 20-something win, you know, It's win not streak. the player and it's not the coach. It is strictly the media trying to change their view of what people need to be doing. Like, did nothing change for Urban Meyer or Tim Tebow. ESPN changed. You know what I'm saying? They're the ones that decided. Well, why didn't they? Why didn't he get him ready for the NFL? Because he didn't get anyone ready for the NFL. He just wants people to be really good college football players, and that's the end of it. He, he wants them to be good kids, I guess, at school. But what? What more does he give a fuck about? You know? And yeah, and you know, I say this too. It's kind of, kind of on the same lines, but uh, it's like asking Urban Meyer to change his whole offense. You exactly. know what I mean? One, the spread is ran, you know, in high school and college. It's not really ran in the pros. And that meant he would have had to put new formations in there. And, uh, you know, he, he would have had to change a lot of his offense to get him ready. When it's not really about him. It's about the whole team. But you look at some of the players that come out of that, um, out of that spread offense and, you know, look at what they're doing in the NFL. Um, you know, they, they made themselves into good players. They were already good players. It was right. like, you know, Lewis Murphy or, you know, like Percy, Percy, Harvey. Percy Harvey, for example. And, uh, you know, they came out of an offense which is not an NFL-type offense. And, and you, know, you know, Lewis Murphy is probably the best receiver on his team. Uh, Percy Harvey gets rookie of the year. Yeah, so. I feel you, man. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on, man. Um, Killer Whale attack. Y'all heard about this shit, I guess? Mm-hmm. We're going to read a little bit from the article. Um, now the the Cove director, the, the um, dude that directed this documentary, is saying the SeaWorld death was preventable. Um, I agree. By not fucking around with killer whales. It's very preventable. I know white people love animals and shit, but come on, man. Just leave the fucking whale alone. See, all these deaths are preventable that where you fucking with something just for entertainment purposes. Siegfried and Roy getting bit in the fucking neck is preventable. Everything is fucking preventable. Like, he's like, I'm going to do this dangerous shit, get bit by a snake. You didn't have to do it. It's not the killer whale that's, that needs to prevent anything. I mean, think about the name, though. Why would you want to get in the water with a killer whale? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, they didn't know that this killer whale spelled this shit K-I-L-L-A, like camera on the shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was like the ghost face Gangsta killer whale. whale. <laughs> <laughs> killer. I think he said that shit before he bit that dude's nuts off. Um, <laughs> but, you know, plus it was a black whale, so... It's gotta be, <laughs> it's gotta be a killer whale. 
Yes, and they said that uh, this also, the whale was also in two other incidents where two people got killed, too, in addition prior to this lady. Yeah. And they still said that they're also um, still going to use this whale and um, other uh, things at SeaWorld. So it's a serial I, killer whale. I guess so. Three <laughs> down. <laughs> I use his ass in the bar of soap. Dog, I want it. Man, I was thinking about this. I put this on Twitter, man. Um... And actually, somebody, Scott Sigler, this dude brought it up on his podcast. I listened to on Keeping the Girl. But I said this shit before I heard that, just so I can get the TM on it. I don't want anybody to think I'm stealing ideas, but I would like to eat that well. Somebody said it was good on sushi. I heard that, but see, I want to barbecue that motherfucker. Like, Ooh, just have a cookout. Steaks. Just invite everybody in the hood in Tampa and just have a big old cookout. Hey, you eat one of ours, we eat one of yours. <laughs> Everything's even. Whales are kind of smart. You send a message. Yeah, the whales are smart. We do it right in front of the whale tank. They see us grilling their boy. They're like, oh shit, we know what's up. No more pulling people under the water. Horse playing with them and shit. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm going to read something from this article. Fuck this article. <laughs> White people stop fucking with whales. Please. <laughs> We're gonna have Peter protesting this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to read this shit. Y'all should, y'all know this. I mean, what white people got to get killed fucking with animals before they be like, "Hey, man, that's enough." <laughs> animals go on wild. Yeah, animals go on animal. Animals never go wild. <laughs> animals just go animal, dog. Yeah, the killer whale go crazy, man. Want to kill a whale? Exactly, man. Plus, they was they had some of the murders, man. They was like this twenty-seven-year-old dude snuck into SeaWorld to play with the with the killer whales and was found dead the next day. You and snuck into SeaWorld. The killer whale don't sheriff, know you. Yeah, and well, not just that, but the sheriff like keep dropping food, the man. case. The sheriff keep dropping the case. They never kill any of the whales. They could be covering up shit. They could just be throwing people in the tank after they kill them and be like, oh, no. yeah, he was in there with that whale, man. That's what it was. I tell you, man, I, they, they need to lock that whale up, man. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> they need to put that shit in like a tank or something, man. Keep it away from people. I mean, I kill somebody, I'm going to jail, man. Yeah. I mean, it's already kind of locked up because, I mean, they're supposed to be in the ocean. Like, putting them in that tank yeah. is the equivalent of putting us in a prison cell. Yeah. Of course he gonna shake somebody every once in a while, yeah. man. Break up the monotony, man. <laughs> Some motherfuckers just feeding their fish and playing with it like that's what's good. <laughs> like it's called they naming it. They named the fucking wild animal and shit. Like kill him a child, ching ching or whatever the fuck. And they gonna play with it's it. It's your like, baby, it's your move. <laughs> like the whale know, like, oh no, it's cool, man. Y'all name me. Even when they took niggas from Africa and, and, and gave us names, like we still rejected that shit. They had to beat them and shit to get them to be I seen roots. I know how it goes down. Animals probably the same way, man. Can't, they don't just come because you call, man. Anyway, uh, so oh, I listen to this one cop podcast uh, called Julio from New York, and I've been listening for like four or five weeks, and I have decided I know neither one of y'all heard this dude, but uh, he actually gave us a shout out on his podcast. So cool. Thanks, man. And uh, y'all look it up, but. Dude, I think he's manic depressive, man. <laughs> like one week, one week will be real happy, and I'm like, oh man, I love this. This is a good episode, man. He's talking about comic books and movies and all kinds of shit I'm interested in. And then the next episode, you be like, man, I'm quitting podcasting. Bro. It's just not working. No, I don't, I don't give it time. up, man. <sighs> just gonna kill myself. Like did, you know, did you just call him manic depressive, man? Yes, dog. Yes, <laughs> he did, dude. He did a whole podcast last time on. 
how hard it is to make a podcast and how hard it was before because he was trying to clean up all the errors i don't clean up the errors in our shit i just leave everything in add some music hit send i don't give a fuck this is me man i say um sometimes i say uh you know but i just felt like i felt bad for him i'll be feeling depressed sometimes oh, and then other times i listen to him I'm like oh this shit is cool and i'm like wait a minute Julio might have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we still love you, though. I'm trying to help Julio, man. This ain't just, this ain't just jokes, man. That's the last shout out y'all gonna get. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna be like, man, fuck your podcast. <laughs> Actually, no. If I'm going, if I got it right, next week should be a happy week. So I ain't really worried. Okay. Two weeks from now, you might be shitting on us, but <laughs> next week <laughs> everything should be fine. Julio, uh, you know where y'all live? Nah, but he follow me on Twitter, so, you know, if he follows all the clues, he might be able to find me one day. Man, you, know, you know, Twitter got that little, little shit where you can I locate. I turned it off. So quick, dog. You locate your ass. This one dude, his name was like Psycho Killer 33 or some shit. And we was cool, man. He was making jokes about Cleveland and like Cleveland football and shit. And then one day he was like, yeah, man, we need to hang out. I was like... I don't think I can hang out with a motherfucking named Psycho Killer 333. It's <laughs> oh. like getting in the in pool with a killer whale. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, might you, not survive. Yeah, you at least got to change your, your fucking name to like something, something respectable. Because if I, they write a news article about me missing or my last moments of life, I don't yeah. want them to be like, the last thing you said was he was going to meet his Twitter friend. Psycho Killer Thirty Three. I know. <laughs> I know. And his wife, Y zero zero two two seven, could not find him. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right. So let's. Uh, oh, Tiger Woods. Um, remember, I was saying that uh, I thought he looked real, like, like more than just he was. He looked kind of pale in his in his thing, and I was like, man, he might be a. Uh, I don't think he's just recovering from those white girls. I don't think he's recovering from that white girl. Well, it turns out that the rumors are saying it was Vicodin and Ambien, that he might be in drug rehab along with sex rehab. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know how true it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how true it is, but uh, Homeboy might have been, uh, been on that shit, man. You know, that... Uh, but uh, I, I told you, you heard it here first, you know what I'm saying? I, the nigga looked like he was on drugs to me. He was up there scratching his neck and had a couple shakes, crackhead shimmies. I was like... Yeah, his lips, lips was kind of chapped, too. <laughs> like, why is Tiger's lips so ashy? I don't remember. <laughs> He's talking to high-pitched voice, like, hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, y'all. <Poop. laughs> I'm late for the 5 o'clock crack giveaway. <laughs> um, Lil Wayne. Speaking of Tiger Woods, Lil Wayne. Yeah, What was that transition about? It's a terrible segue. It's a terrible segue. Well, Lil Wayne have a lot of sex too with a lot of them girls. Yeah, he likes hey. every. Hey, because Tiger Woods want to fuck every girl in the world. Yeah. He likes her. And he her likes too. Her too. <laughs> he likes the one at Perkins and the one at Lowe's. And um, the one at IHOP. Yeah, he likes them all. Um, Lil Wayne had eight root canals in one city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,. Lil Wayne just had one of the gnarliest oral surgeries in the history of dentistry. We're told it was a marathon session that included his stomach turning eight root canals at one time. Our sources say Wayne underwent the drill on Tuesday. We're told during the eight-hour procedure, Wayne had his grill worked on. This is the first time he had his grill worked on. It wasn't just somebody fit some shit through his teeth. He literally had his grill worked on. Uh, several tooth implants redone. 
He already had two implants? Damn. More implants added and had the few real teeth he had left repaired. This is the critical dental surgery that kept Wayne from being shipped off to the big house last week. Thankfully, doctors said this would give them more pictures to scare kids with at the dentist when we're trying to get them to brush their teeth. Trying to add that. The judge allowed yeah. the rapper. <laughs> the judge allowed the rapper to put the sentence for felony attempted gun possession on hold until March second. Enough time time for Wayne to get his mouth prison ready, if that's even possible. Actually, it might have been more prison ready. They did left some of the teeth out because you know what they do in prison. Yeah, they might be missing teeth by the time you come out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they oh, they <laughs> so what? Like, you think it was the scissor? I don't know, man, but I, I kind of kind of make me wonder, man. Uh, you already had the picture of him kissing baby. Yeah, it ain't Ugh. a good, it ain't a good, it ain't a good reputation to come to prison with. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Not only that, when the last time this nigga brushed his teeth, eight root canals, something terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, anytime they had to describe the teeth as the few real teeth you had remaining had to be yeah. repaired, and then it says eight hours. I worked at a job for eight hours. It took them eight hours to repair your teeth. There's something wrong there. Yeah, he must have never brushed his teeth. Ever brushed his teeth. Because brushing teeth ain't cool. You know, how you gonna have swag, you know what I'm saying? With nasty, With funky nasty breath. Teeth. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's the only way to have it, probably. Yeah. Yeah, then he have uh, the platinum was actually on the teeth. Like, it was permanently on the teeth. Oh, oh my God. for yeah. real? Oh, my God. They had to remove the platinum. And so oh. He never... He never took his shit off. Nah. What's never wrong with this nigga? And you know what the worst part about this? This nigga got kids. And I don't mean kids like one woman. He got baby mamas. He got a bunch of baby... Who are these bitches that are fucking Lil Wayne? <laughs> What's wrong with y'all? Stop. Oh. Kissing y'all with his fucking nasty ass oh. mouth. Is a check really worth that much? Say that again. No, it's not. Child support checks must be good these days. It must man. be the bomb. <laughs> shit we need free healthcare just for Lil Wayne's teeth, man. <laughs> I know, but say his teeth. Damn, I just want to brush every tooth in the mouth. Uh, Alright, I saw this article. It was pretty funny. Um, Iowa comic book collector sentenced to six months in prison. 40-year-old Glenwell, Glenwood man who pleaded guilty last year to federal child pornography charges in connection with his comic book collection has been sentenced to six months in prison, five years of probation for mailing and possessing obscene visual representations of the sexual abuse of children. Man, what a misleading article title. I was a comic book collector? This nigga was collecting child porn. And I'm trying to, I think that they swallowed the lead on that one. Yes, they did. Put that in the title. Christopher Hanley was an avid collector of manga, or graphic novel, comic books from Japan. His collection included the genres of Lolicon, or Loli, named after the literary, literary work Lolita, Yaoi, Y-A-O-I, I don't know how you pronounce yeah, it, yeah. male homosexual romance, and the Yuri, female homosexual romance. So you know the Republicans did not like that at all. Why did they include pictures of the covers of the comic books? So people can go find them? That's ridiculous. They say it's going to go up. What you talking about? Whoever wrote this article, whoever wrote this article should get locked up. Yeah, they did. My child porn. Hanley's running in with the law happened in May 2006 when he ordered seven other graphic novels from overseas 
with federal authorities intercepted and seized. When the authorities decided the materials were obscene, they were searched. They then searched the private collection in his home and discovered more materials than were deemed to be obscene. So, oh, that was deemed to be obscene. So basically, they found some more, you know, child porn for this dude. Although he originally faced five charges under the Protection Act of 2003, Judge James E. Gritzner ruled in 2008 that several of the charges were constitutionally infirm. The Protection Act outlaws cartoons, drawings, sculptures, or, or paintings depicting minors engaging in sexually explicit conduct that lack serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. So what what could possess that kind of value and have child fucking in it? I don't think artistic value, so I guess that's why Mike Jackson never got locked up. Maybe that's how he got off there, just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, the nigga made Thriller, just let him go. This, this shit was real artistic. <laughs> hey, let that pass. Have you seen the Billy the Off the Wall album? Uh, anyway, dude just basically got caught up for some child porn shit. Um, you know, what do you say about that? I know what I can say. I feel sorry for his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gonna get fucked up in jail, man. Yeah, he's done. He's yeah, done. you can get to mess with kids. They even have morals and now You don't mess with kids and you don't mess with women. Yeah, I might have killed a whole family, but at least I ain't raped the kids. I just killed mine. You can get fucked up in jail. Alright, last article. Cows make lousy house guests. Arkansas woman learns. Hmm, so apparently she had Rosie O'Donnell in her crib. Uh, uh, I think they're talking about real cows. So you're not talking about like precious and uh Nah, they're talking about uh beef. Okay. Four days after cows broke into her home, a woman in Murfreesboro, Arkansas says she's still in shock. Really? You still in shock four days later? Or or I guess she wouldn't be too ain't no damn cows knocking on my door. I don't know. She need to eat more chicken. Nah, it, was a, it was a well played chick fil A chick fil A cows really flipped. <laughs> they broke in and started breaking shit. Eat more chicken, bitch! We're tired of fucking around! <laughs> we ain't gonna tell you no more. <laughs> Letitia Francis, oh, it was a sister. Damn! <laughs> damn, damn, damn. You need to stop eating beef, man. Letitia Francis came home Monday afternoon to find three cows in her farmhouse. Needless to say, the homebound bovines caused total chaos, upending furniture, scattering belongings, and generally making a mess of things. It's not something that people see every day, Francis said. At least I hope I never see it again. The, chip, the largest of the animals weighs 1,600 pounds. Wow. That's some big-ass cows. I clear. Pike County Sheriff deputies assisted by two high school teachers from nearby helped remove the cows. It was a little different, Sheriff Preston Glenn said. Life's never dull in our line of work, but that was kind of different. Um, really? I don't know. I think getting cows out of the house is kind of routine at this point. <laughs> Francis speculated that her dogs may have been spooked, may have spooked the cows into the house. As she drove up, she said one of the cows was looking out the front door. <laughs> that one walked out on its own. Sitting on the couch looking at TV? Yeah, he's like, oh, what's, niggas is home. Let's go. Let's roll. They back. <laughs> the other two took a bit of coaxing and her laminate wood floors made it hard for them to walk. One of the animals was resting on a bedroom rug. This sorry was just a collection of facts. This is like a schizophrenic person around this. Was laying across a a floor. Yeah, this is laying on a Persian rug, rug, chilling. Taking a nap. 
the wow. AC, man. Had to get out that heat. She got a group of men pushing toward the cow, and thanks to the rug, she just glided right through there. She called her husband at work. She told him not to worry. No one was hurt, but I've got cows in my house. Her husband came home and assisted in the cow removal. She said she also called the local 4-H coordinator. I haven't heard of 4-H since junior high school. What happened to those people? I have no idea. I remember that was making a big deal. Like, if you can't get a regular job, 4-H, man, it help you get a job. And you learn shit about, like, farming and... All that okay, shit. Folks ain't trying to do that nowadays. What is that? What is 4-H? 4-H, I, I forget what the 4-H stands for, but it's basically an organization that, like, they take you out in junior high school and supposed to teach you some old bullshit about, like, farming and agriculture, and you can use that to help get you a career. That's all right. I'll buy from the Her insurance adjuster told her that the mayhem caused by the cows wouldn't be covered. Seems her homeowner's policy doesn't account for intruding cows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, she said the cows are staying where they belong, outside. Oh, ain't that sweet? Anyway, the end is thing. We saw a cop out this yesterday. Yeah, I give cop out a C minus. It was okay. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. Yeah, most of my <laughs> Karen likes everything. By the way, y'all, so don't, <laughs> just listen to my opinion on the reviews. <laughs> yeah, if I if I say it's bad, sometimes he likes it. So yeah, we go to this way. Well, nah. If she says it's bad, it probably sucks. But yes, <laughs> if it's if if she says anything else, just don't listen to it because <laughs> we walked out of some shitty movies. She's like, that was okay. What did you think? Y'all see, uh, Edge of Darkness. Darkness. No, not yet. Is it good? Yeah. That looks like some gangster shit. I give it. It's pretty gangster. I give it about a. I give it about a B, B minus. I gotta check it out, man. It's about the same dude that made Taken, which I still haven't seen. But I mean, he make gangster old white man movies with like, yeah, you know. Yeah, and my thing, and I guess for me, I'm tired of the movies, and we probably will see it with all the white men, like to the edge, just white men, just the white men, snapping years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got him, then you got the other movie. Taken. Then you got the Clint Eastwood movie. I mean, what's Gran Torino. Yeah. That was more about like these niggas off my lawn. That that, oh, that was okay. like a Republican wet dream. That fucking preview for that movie is an old <laughs> white man sitting in his house looking at all these minorities. And I didn't even see the movie, and I was like, this shit gonna be racist. And he's sitting around basically like trying to clean up the neighborhood of all the bad kids who happen to be minorities. You know, I just I knew I know what I'm. I'm good at judging movies on previews. Um, but I knew Cop Out would be bad, but half the entertainment I got out of Cop Out was just watching uh, Tracy Morgan yeah. deliver, like, just these crazy-ass lines. And I kept wondering, like, did he make that line up? Was that in the script? Does he know he's on camera? How how high is he? He kept wiping his nose. And I was like, is that part of the character? Is he just fucked up right now, man? Like, you cannot tell Tracy Morgan. And... If you're a Tracy Morgan fan, I checked the movie out because, you know, it's, it's worth that. But if you're just a person that's like, uh, I want to go see a comedy, don't waste mm-hmm. your time. Uh, I, Bruce Willis basically did the movie with, you know, can you make the check out the cash on his face? Yeah, he did. Movie. But, uh, alright, man. So that's it for this episode. Um, make sure y'all check out my boy MC Primo on the come up here. He uh, felt he was good enough to come do the podcast with us. And follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prong. And I'm Y00227, the letter Y. Alright. So, uh, I love you guys. We love you too. And I'm out.
to rain or snow, sleet or hail, I kick street tails, choking niggas like a free well, Golden State, holy your fate, in the palm of my hand, blow you away like it's part of the plan, I gotta call it like I see it, talking like I be it, walking my walk, thugged out, all competing, cause I'm soon to be out, give me room, watch me heat up, niggas try to stick me like I do Louima, follow the leader, make me go extra hard, don't know should I hold back and show the repertoire, quit at 16 or throw an extra boss, just for the non-believers, I show why it's so hard to reach us. I get pussy with my father's speeches, pump heavily, see me at 6-1, weigh a buck 70, catch me in spots y'all niggas never be, packed in, like Green Bay, Harlem week to Queen Day, performing acapella, no DJ, 98 live, no replay, make it seem easy, so tell a friend and tell a friend that it's them again, nature, no, no. Yeah.